0: Hello, I'm Bruce Sinclair, and welcome to this podcast from Jordan Hill Parish Church, during which we will share in reading, reflection and prayer for Sunday the 16th of May, Ascension Sunday. Today our reader is Andrew Sloan, and our hymn is sung by the Edinburgh Festival Singers, conducted by Ian McCrory, and the organ is played by John Kitchen.
1: This reading is from the book of Luke, chapter 24, verses 44 to 53. Jesus appears to his disciples. This is the word of God. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and, lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and they were continually in the temple blessing God. Thanks be to God.
0: In the early days of television, in the post-war 1950s production era, Programming was not as slick as it is today. It was the early days of television. Skills were still being learned. It was black and white, and all too often there were intervals between programs to allow for changes between studios or to cover the all too frequent studio breakdowns. These interlude short films ranged from watching a potter throw a pot onto a potter's wheel accompanied by gentle music. Or of a kitten playing with a ball of string. Or even a film of Miss Thackeray's of the Royal School of Needlework making a tapestry. Or the flowing waterfall of the Cater Falls in Guyana. Or a film travelling gently along the River Great Ouse in Buckinghamshire listening to the wildlife quaint and now very dated films describing simpler times, but linking different programs and themes, or covering for a hiatus behind the scenes as people scurried about, wondering what to do with cables, lights and equipment. The episode we read today in Luke's Gospel serves as an interlude in the narrative of the Gospel The Presbyterian Church doesn't always make this Ascension story a great feast day, yet it forms an important link in Jesus' journey and is far from a quaint passing pastoral scene. It is now 40 days since Jesus' resurrection and since he encountered Mary in the garden, 40 days since he walked the road to Emmaus explaining the scriptures to the disciples. Forty days since he appeared to his followers that Easter evening and breathed his peace into their lives. Forty days of practising forgiveness, showing love, teaching, shepherding, commissioning. Forty days of reprieve before Jesus ascends to be with his Father. This interlude bridges between Easter and Pentecost, between waiting and learning. the beginning of a new chapter. Jesus' earthly ministry is now at an end and we are at the time of the beginning of the work of the church. Here Jesus gives his apostles their direction. They would have the same power that he had from the coming of the Holy Spirit and they would fulfil the purpose that God had for them, to bring the good news of a loving Living, saving Jesus to all the world. Jesus broadens their horizons, not just familiar Jerusalem and Judea, but Samaria and the rest of the known world. God's kingdom tolerates no narrow nationalism or the ideology. There are no barriers to fellowship and love with Him. This good news is spread by witnesses, He says, not soldiers through a gospel of peace, not a declaration of war, and by the work of the Holy Spirit. Nothing could be further from the so-called religious violence of past and present, of crusades, fatwas, ethnic cleansing, of the past week's early morning bombing raids, or retaliatory, retaliatory strikes, all of which don't enter into the peace of God. With these last words of blessing from Jesus, scattering promises of power, he raises his hands to heaven and disappears from sight. As with the resurrection, so with ascension. We are not given the mechanics of what happened. It's not something we can understand easily, and maybe we are not supposed to. We can try to rationalise it out to some sort of biblical illusion, But that robs it of its poignancy. The disciples gaze into heaven, not quite able to believe that Jesus had gone for good. Longing for him to return, he leaves them with a promise that God will clothe them with power from on high. Then they make their way back to Jerusalem with great joy, back to the city, back to reality and life, back to carry on his work. There is, as one theologian puts it, a significant pause between the mighty acts of God, which are bookended by Easter, and then Ascension and Pentecost. The followers of Jesus have had to wait and pray for direction about what to do next. But their waiting hasn't been empty-handed. They waited in hope because Jesus promised them help. They waited with a purpose because there was work to be done. They had to be the ones who would be his witnesses across the world. This was their work. And because they were faithful to that work, we are here today. There is something quite unsentimental, almost uncannily austere about the Ascension story. It's not meant to be about divine vanishing acts. It is something unrewarding and often dangerous, but always filled with hope and mercy. And graciousness and it speaks to many Christians today for those times when we feel we are left waiting or left wondering what to do next for those times when we might as well be gazing up into heaven and not getting on with the work that lies around us to be done not quite knowing what to do or what to expect next do we have to look far for things that need to be done has the kingdom of god claimed the way that we live and we work have we lived up to the promises of our faith and lived in such a way that draws people of faith because of how we live what is the work that surrounds us that still needs to be done the help that needs to be offered the difference that needs to be made the people that still need to be loved? Or do we stand around gazing into heaven in a perpetual interlude largely ineffectual? Are we fulfilling a potential that is within us or is our focus and our energy dissipated by the burden of life? There is an element of choice for all of us in how we live out our faith that is shaped by our gifts and our skills and of course, where our energy and our passion lies. All interludes come to an end. We may want for the church to return back to whatever normal was. Perhaps there is a moment now to reshape that next part of the story. Perhaps there is time now for us to create a vision for the church, how disciples can grow, communities can care. As the disciples returned to Jerusalem, they waited for God's gifts to help them shape their journey. In these last days of Eastertide, let us spend time in prayer, in listening, and in preparing for the Holy Spirit. In the midst of uncertainty and expectation, we desperately want to step into the next chapter with one eye on heaven and one on earth. We take time to pray, not just for a healing of the earth and peace between people, but for the world to experience a love so fierce that it lets us glimpse a vision of the kingdom of God. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly ascended Lord, we are grateful for all that we can see and all that we can't see yet still believe. O God, you are at work in the world, in the church and in our community. May we catch a vision of what you are about and respond to your invitation to join you in sharing your love with the world. As we look out on the world, we pray today for the Middle East. Tensions flaring, tempers frayed, and innocent people who neither care for conflict nor desire for war find themselves caught betwixt and between the politics of religion. We pray for a de-escalation of conflict, for conversation and dialogue, for peace to reach the light of day and a rekindling of mutual respect and love. We pray too for the work of Christian Aid at the end of this Christian Aid week and their current campaign to take seriously the cares of creation and our efforts always to nurture the environment. O God, we understand the cycle of global warming and our part in bringing about the current predicament. We pray that we may play our part in reigning in the pollution of our world, targeting not just personal consumption, but the mass generation of greenhouse gases by industry. O Lord, ascended on high, Help us never to leave your work to others, but to be pioneers in showing another way, your way of care for people and the world. We pray for those who hurt, those who are bereaved, those who have been confronted by the harsh realities of life. We ask God that you bless them and guide our prayers and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Now let us go in peace, to love and serve, to serve and love. Thank you for joining with me today for this time of worship. And now may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you and all those you love this day and every day. Amen.